welcome to the Inherent Identity Podcast, a place where you can learn the secrets to living as the best version of you. It's not about changing, it's not about becoming, it's about remembering. It's about recovering what you've always had within you, but you just keep getting distracted and you just keep forgetting. Join me, your host, Tyson Bradley, as we discover the practical steps for easily and effortlessly creating a lifestyle that lasts. Hello, 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 everybody. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different because we're actually going to dive into some scriptures, uh, which is, you know, sometimes I've shared scriptures in the past, but today I am highlighting this because in part I forgot to include it in a new podcast, a side podcast, a project that God called me into, which is to follow along with the scriptures and with Come Follow Me, which is a kind of a program and a Sunday school experience uh, done by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So if you are familiar with that, then you will be excited to kind of dive into a new way of looking at the scriptures. There is a lens that I feel that I am looking at the scriptures at that really transforms my own life. And it's been really fun as I've been diving into the scriptures to see it all unfold. And one of those lenses is the lens of an identity. Now, you know that here at Inherent Identity, this podcast, I am all about identity. Identity is the core of change. It's the core of transformation. It is the thing that contributes most to you experiencing long-lasting change. So that is what I have always wanted, always been going for, and have yearned to help people in developing long-lasting transformation. And I know that really even the the purpose of this podcast is to recognize that it is not even about changing. It's not about becoming. It's about remembering who you really are. So what we're going to do and what I'm going to do in this other podcast, I'll still continue episodes here, but I invite you to check out this, this new podcast uh, that's called The Restoration of the Saints because what I want to restore us to is restore us to who we really are and restore us to love, restore us to a true relationship with Heavenly Father and with Jesus Christ. And as you go about and listen to Scripture, what we tend to forget is that this is these are real people who had real experiences with the real and living God. And when we start to read through this lens, along with the lens of identity and understanding who God is, his nature and his character, then we start to understand who we really are. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful experience. So I wanted to share a little bit about some scripture that I didn't include in this podcast, uh, but I think are some important lessons, important principles ways that we can live about this life. And then you'll just have to check out the other podcast for more insight. So I am going to be in the Book of Mormon. Okay, so if you haven't read the Book of Mormon, that's fine. If you have, then this will be familiar to you. But there is a story of a family 
that and the father's name is Lehi, and this is 600 years before Christ was born. He was living in Jerusalem. He had he was praying. He had a vision, and the thing that we learn about Lehi is that he is kind of like a, a visionary man. He that's his his identity is he's a visionary. It's like he easily is able to talk with God and receive visions from him. And one of those visions uh, is to leave Jerusalem and to go and cre- go to a promised land, much like it's, it's a beautiful uh, example and connects with the idea of the children of Israel and they had a promised land that God had, had shared with them that they were to adventure to. And so here we have Lehi and his family that have been promised a promised land. And, and so Lehi uh, sees a vision of a tree of life. And this whole thing just opens up to his view. And he has this experience through vision that provides a great analogy for our lives and for the kinds of experiences that we have in life. And I wanted to share the four categories of people that are shown in this vision and explain a little bit about what that has to do with us and share it in a different way that I think would be really beneficial for you as you go about your day-to-day living because of what it teaches. So if you're willing to dive in with me and believe that as you listen to this, that you will understand an aspect of who you are and an aspect of who God is at a deeper level, then that's that's the trust that we're building here. And that's what I wanna share. And then if you want to follow along with me with some of the things that I share in scripture and some of the commentary there, then you can follow along. Uh, I will put a link in the description of this podcast so that you can know where that other one is and join the journey. It'll be really fun. So let me share a little bit more context about this vision of Lehi. Then I'm going to actually read some scriptures and share with you what these different groups and these different experiences within this dream have to do with you. So to give you context, Lehi is in this vision. He sees this large and spacious field, and then he sees this tree, and it's just shining. It has this fruit that's the most sweet and the most white that he's ever seen. And when he eats it, his soul is filled with exceedingly great joy. Like, best experience of his life. Oh my goodness. Like, I can't believe how awesome this fruit is. And then he looks around, he's trying to find his family because he wants his family to share in this awesome joy. Like if you experience something with great joy, why not share with people? So he takes a bite, he feels with joy, finds some of his family, sees some of of his other sons and they aren't, um, they aren't following him or they, when he calls to them, they don't come. And so he sees a river of water and he sees a great and spacious building and he sees like this rod of iron that leads to the tree. 
and all these different elements kind of come together to paint a picture of what this world is like and how we can experience that same joy. In a later chapter, we get a little bit of the interpretation of this vision, and I'll highlight a couple of the things that are important because it will contribute to these four categories of people that Lehi sees trying to, that just are interacting in this, in this vision. The, so the love of God is the tree of life, is this tree. So the fruit is kind of like the experience of Jesus Christ and the love that God gives to us through Christ. And it is the most joyous thing in the world to, to be able to experience Christ, to experience our separation, coming into connection, our wounds being healed, our sins being forgiven. That is joy. To me, that is amazing. And when I build and strengthen my relationship with Jesus Christ, I do feel joy. Jesus Christ is joy. And then we have this rod of iron that leads to the tree, and it is said to be the Word of God. So you can think of the Word of God as, as Jesus Christ. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, as we read in John. Um, and it could also just be the scriptures, like we know of the scriptures as being the word of God. And as you connect to Christ, as you hold on to Christ and hold on to the words that he speaks and that he shares, then we are led to him. We're led to love. That is who he was when he lived on this earth and is who he is. God is love. And so when we hold on to that, and the more that we press forward in following that path of love, then the more we get to come to the tree that has this fruit that is tastes so good and is so bright and feels amazing. So here we have these elements, and this great and spacious building is afar off. It's like hovering above the the earth and there's all these people that are pointing and laughing and mocking, and they have expensive clothes on and all these things. So it kind of represents the pride of the world, the vain imaginations of the world. And that's is exactly what we're experiencing today with people uh, seeking for riches and all this uh, judgment that is creating such separation. So I just want to highlight a few of those things. And now I want to share some actual scripture let me share some of these things that will be helpful in you seeing these groups. So the first group that I'll highlight is in 1 Nephi chapter 8. So that's where you can read the vision if you want to. And I can put a link in the show notes so that you can go there to actually read this. But in verse 21 through 23, we have this first group. And I saw numberless concourses of people, many of whom were pressing forward, that they might obtain the path which which led unto the tree by which I stood. And it came to pass that they did come forth and commence in the path which led to the tree. And it came to pass that there arose a mist of darkness, yea, even exceedingly great mist of darkness, insomuch that they who had commenced in the path did lose their way, and that they wandered off and were lost. Okay, so first group, 
people who start on the path towards love, and then it's the mist of darkness that is so great that they lose their way. It's like, I'm wandering through fog now, through this darkness, and I cannot see. And you can relate the mist of darkness to temptation, to all the distractions of this world, to everything that pulls you away from Jesus Christ. Everything that pulls you away and separates you from love, that is mist of darkness. And we experience it every single day. Now, the second group. It came to pass that I beheld others pressing forward. This is verse 24 of chapter 8 in First Nephi. It came to pass that I beheld others pressing forward, and they came forth and caught hold of the end of the rod of iron, and they did press forward through the mists of darkness, clinging to the rod of iron, even until they did come forth and partake of the fruit of the tree. And after they had partaken of the fruit of the tree, they did cast their eyes about as if they were ashamed. And I also cast my eyes round about and beheld on the other side of the river of water a great and spacious building, and it stood as it were in the air high above the earth. And it was filled with people, both old and young, both male and female, and their manner of dress was exceedingly fine. And they were in the attitude of mocking and pointing their fingers towards those who had come at and were partaking of the fruit. And after they had tasted of the fruit, they were ashamed because of those that were scoffing at them, and they fell away into forbidden paths and were lost. Now, this is not too different than what Christ experienced when he was on the earth, that he went about teaching love, teaching service, teaching kindness. And when he would do different miracles that went against what the people and the Pharisees and the Sadducees thought were were good or were according to their laws, they were not happy. And they pointed their finger in scorn and judgment. And those that even followed the path, they were able to hold on a little bit, like they're barely holding on to the clinging to, to the rod of iron, uh, to the word of God, to Jesus Christ. They partake of the love, like they feel a sense of love but then they look to this great and spacious building. They notice all the people mocking them, making fun of the way of their living, the way that they're doing this life. And because they feel shame, and we know that shame is to think that there's something wrong with you, that you are somehow flawed. And this is what the world teaches you drive down the road, the freeway, and you see a billboard, and it shows a skinny person, and it says, do cool sculpting, or get your face restructured, <laughs> or you see these awesome cars, or these awesome scriptures even, you see all these other things, and all the commercials say, hey, take this medicine, do this thing, and you will be happy. And if you don't do this thing, then there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. It's not just that you don't get the benefit of what we have to offer, but that there is something wrong with who you are now, what your body looks like, who you're friends with, whatever it is. We just tend to make these things mean something about who we are on an identity level. 
And whenever we do that, it makes it very hard to change because it's not just about doing something different. It's now about we have to change who we are. And Jesus Christ is all about identity transformation. That's who, what God is all about. And thus, this is, you know, this is a group of people that even though they experience the love of God, even though you might experience the love of God here and there as you read the scriptures, as you go to church, whatever, you may, in fact, experience so much shame and judgment, even at church, that you disconnect, that you leave the love of God that you feel because you're not doing it like other people think you ought to do it. And this doesn't just exist in the world or in the billboards. This exists when you go to church. This exists um, even internally. We can look at it externally, and then we can also look at this internally. That internally, you have this great and spacious building that is constantly belittling you and demeaning you and pointing the finger and making fun of what you do. And I mean, I don't have to go very far in my own life to think what what am i thinking what am i doing i mean just the other day i had the thought to uh, bring my son to go and visit someone so it's sunday and i was uh, wanting to go and visit someone to see how they're doing and to help them out if i can and i had the thought maybe i'll bring my my one-year-old son and his daughters can you know, play with them. And maybe that'll be a good thing. I don't know. I don't know why I have the thought to bring my own son. Like I normally would never do this. So I pack up my son, we go. And on the way, it's like, we also had some mini donuts that I wanted to deliver. I go and on the way I see this guy outside and I think he was grilling in his garage and he's in our neighborhood. I don't, I've never seen him at church, but the thought came, hey, uh, give the donuts to that guy. So I stopped the van. I pulled out the the donuts and I go and I give it to him. And, you know, he looked Hispanic. And when I when I gave him the donuts, I was like, hey, I don't know why, but uh, we made these donuts. Just wanted to give them to you. Here you go. And he looked at me like, uh, okay. And just gave me a nod. and. Then I left. And, and so it was the most interesting exchange because nothing really happened. And it's not like I sat there and got to know the person. And maybe I should have. I don't know if I would have just like maybe listened a little bit more, paused for a minute, got to know them. Uh, all I knew was um, give the donuts to this guy because I, I had to go and meet this other person. So I run back into my van. And as I do so, uh, I am thinking, I, I have the thought. Uh, of getting other donuts because I originally had those donuts for the person I was going to go visit. So I get, uh, I, I think, okay, I'll go back home. And as I'm driving back home, the thought of, uh, maybe you should leave Luca home. Maybe you should leave your son home. And so once I get home, I pull in and I, and I'm like double checking. I'm just like, okay, like so I, I thought I had the thought to bring him, but now you don't want me to bring him kind of thing. It's like, yeah. So I just follow these random thoughts and grab my son, take him inside, and and also grab some more another plate of donuts to take to my 
are my friend. Uh, and so it's the most random series of events, totally weird. And even as I communicate this, my own brain in the midst of that was judging me, was thinking, what are you thinking? This is so dumb. What are you doing? Like the internal judgment never ceases. Or at least, uh, I mean, for me, I feel like I've I've come to terms with, with a lot of the internal voices that go on in my own head. A lot of the internal judgment, I've come a long way. And if you need help, then I can definitely help you because that is a skill that I've developed and I can teach you. But for the most part, many people do not have that skill and they live with the constant internal mockery of everything that they do, a constant internal judging. And I, I only have to look at my own daughters who are eight and six to even see it, that they do something wrong and immediately they're even vocally saying, I'm so stupid. And you know what? That's coming from children of parents uh, that are more mindful of what we say and what we do. So if that's coming from, if those children being raised in this world, they are already beating themselves up and they're not even six years old. And it's like, it's just rampant. It's rampant throughout the entire world. This is what we live with. This is where things get real. And so I only pinpoint these things because I just want to bring to light how real this world is and what this analogy and this metaphor, this vision kind of shares with us that, um, we are experiencing every aspect of these groups of people in this vision. So what I just shared with you was group two. So I'm going to share group three and four, and then I'm going to kind of like wrap this up in a way to share some of how the, how this also comes to life in our lives. All right. So the group three if we go to verse 30, it says, but to be short in writing, he saw other multitudes pressing forward and they came and caught hold of the end of the rod of iron and they did press their way forward continually holding fast to the rod of iron until they came forth and fell down and partook of the fruit of the tree. So these are another group of people, uh, more so those that were remain faithful to the word of God, to Jesus Christ, and then they are able to partake of his love and stay in it. And then the last group is comes from verse 31 through 33. It says, And he also saw other multitudes feeling their way towards the great and spacious building. And it came to pass that many were drowned in the depths of the fountain, and many were lost from his view, wandering in strange roads. And great was the multitude that did enter into that strange building. And after they did enter into that building, they did point the finger of scorn at me and those that were partaking of the fruit also but we heeded them not. So I think those that were stalwart and that partook of the fruit and stayed there, they did not heed or give much attention to the voices of scorn, the voices of judgment. 
And I feel like that's something that I've been practicing and that enabled me to continue on in the journey of delivering the donuts to my friend uh, yesterday. Um, but for those that struggle, uh, you, what, what I want to highlight with all of this is that we have the people that are just wandering in the midst of darkness. They're just lost. People are just lost. They're distracted. They're just living their life on default. And if you live your life on default, then you're going to follow the path of least resistance of what you've been taught growing up. And for many, that path of least resistance is a path of mindlessly reading scriptures uh, or maybe not reading scriptures at all, uh, just occupying your time and attention with work and with kids and with doing checklist things and not really feeling anything. We just go through the motions doing what we've normally done, the habitual way of living, and and we, we, we do what's easy, we seek pleasure, and we avoid pain. That's what the brain is designed to do. And so if left on default, if we're not going to willfully choose a new path and a new way of being and connect with Christ in new ways to change who we are, then that's what's likely the picture. So you're going to be lost in this mist, just following the temptations instead of talking with and listening to God and partaking of his fruit that he has for you, which is most delicious and most white and the most joyous to the soul. And then we have the experience of people who are clinging to the rod, but they get to the tree, they experience a little bit of the love, but because of shame, because of thinking that you're flawed in some way, much like my own daughters, like because they are talking to themselves in such a negative way, they lose out on connecting with God. They lose out on connecting with love. And they wander off. They, they go back into the mist. They go back into an experience of life that is darkness and not very fun. And this, is, this happens with every single person. And then we have the, it's like we have the people in the great and spacious building. And, and so even on Sunday, I made the comment, I said, you know what, everybody, I am every single group. I'm every single group. I'm even the people in the great and spacious building. Because sometimes I'm judging people. Sometimes I'm shaming people. Like sometimes I shame my own kids. Like last night, I we were playing a game. And uh, my daughter, Kate, was playing with our son, Luca. And she is just a very, um, she doesn't know her own strength yet. She's very rough, uh, active. And so when she plays with our one-year-old, it's like she bounces him hard, uh, just harder than I would do. <laughs> and so my wife and I consistently have told her, you know, be softer, be softer, be softer. Uh, he's a little baby, you know, uh, try, fearful of him getting hurt. And from that fear, uh, much like anybody from a place of fear, uh, I Kate had done something with Luca. He like did this like flip over and landed down, started crying. I'm like, Kate, stop. Like the tone of my voice 
And the place I was coming from was a place of exasperation and a place that was just like, you could easily feel through my energy and through my tone, the, the message that there's something wrong with you. Why can't you get it? So, and, and she reacted to that. She could feel that. She went immediately into hiding. It's like she curled up, fetal position. She curled up and she started crying and she didn't, she hid her face. Like, this is real. This is exactly what we do. When we are filled with shame, we curl up, we hide, we, we go back into disconnection and it separated us. Luckily, I was able to come back <laughs> later, uh, a few minutes later, um, and it was just me and her. I held her and I said, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and what I said, I said, do you want to know what you're experiencing right now? I said, you're, you're experiencing shame. It's when you think that there's something wrong with you and that you're a horrible daughter and that you're not good and that what you've done is not good. And what I said to you promoted that, that message to you. And so I'm sorry. And then I told, and then I said a prayer with her. I said, you know, Heavenly Father, help us to know what you want us to know about who we really are, both of us, me and her. And then God whispered to me, Tyson, you are a good dad. And it was beautiful and I felt it. And then the message that my daughter received was love. She's like, love, that's what I, that's what I got. And all of a sudden she's happy, bounding up the stairs. It's like the most beautiful experience. And so I just want to let you know that we are all of these things. Sometimes we're clinging, like we're barely holding on to the word and connecting with love. Sometimes we're really holding fast and we feel it. We stay there. We heed not the voices. Sometimes we're, we are the voices. And, and sometimes we're just wandering and drowning in the depths of, of despair. And we're not even connected at all. And I just want to let you know that there is a message of hope at the end of this, and that the more in which you connect with God, the more in which you will feel of his love, and the more you will understand who you really are and start to change your life in the most powerful and brilliant ways. And if you want to learn about this, you want to develop this relationship further, then join the Inherent Identity family. And you can look at that if you click on the link below. But have an amazing day, and we'll talk to you later. Hey, do you want to create your best life? Do you want to live into it? If that's you, I want you to come and check out InherentIdentity.com. This is the place where you get to learn the easy and effortless way to living into your dreams. So once again, come check out InherentIdentity.com. We'll see you there.